Well, hi, everybody. My name is Larry Gassman. I am co-chair of Tech Talk and also co-chair of Accessible World. Today is November 22nd, 2021. We're in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room, and it's time once again for Tech Talk. And uh, tonight, uh, Matt Adar is with us from uh, Vispero, and uh, Matt has been on lots of uh, Vispero-related webinars, also very uh, popular in Clubhouse as well. And he's talked a lot about the kiosks, and I'm, I'm, that's one of the reasons we wanted to have him come back, because I think this is terribly exciting, the talking kiosks. Mm-hmm. He'll also be talking about some JAWS tips and uh, be interacting with you in just a little bit. But first, let's say thank you and welcome to Matt, and thanks so much for being with us on Tech Talk. Thank you, Larry, and uh, looking forward to another um, fun event tonight. It's, it's great to uh, be on live. So, which would you like to cover first? Would you like to do kiosks or or or? I, I, I'm tips? very flexible, so okay. you just hit me with your best shot. I mean, I'm I'm good either way. Whichever you want me to start with, I can do. Let's talk a little bit about Jaws tips because everybody seems to like the idea of learning about the latest and greatest, and in, because there are so many, uh, not everybody knows them all, and so that's why it's kind of fun. So maybe we can we can center on that for a little bit, and then we'll get into the kiosks, which will sure. take some time. Well, and, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. It was about a year ago, um, September, when I started doing them. And the original intent of doing them was I was discovering features or finding features that I had used a long time ago. And it's like, let's bring them back to light because people may not know they exist. And it's and it's partially just it's, it's, it's a large product. It's lots of features. We... Um, it's hard to expose all of the features that are in a product this big. Um, and so it was a lot of fun to kind of sit down Huge. and just think through it. Very large. Okay. Somebody's <laughs> unmuted. I don't know who that is, but we need to have you mute, please. So the, um, you know, initially I took a crack at some of these and then some of the other staff have written them and um, other staff members, even with other um, organizations within um the Vespero family had written some and then even some customers had written some. And so it was kind of, that was the intent was kind of get everybody thinking about like, what are some of your favorite features and how do you use those? And they could have been something as simple as how do you lock your keyboard? And you think, boy, that was pretty lame, you know, small feature, not lame, but small feature. And a lot of people didn't know it existed or something more powerful like speech and sound schemes or, um, there's one that um, I'm not going to say which one it is yet because I haven't done it yet. Um, and and then there was that I suggested we're going to do one tomorrow on Clubhouse and um, around uh, blocking frames. Um, and I haven't turned it into a tip yet. But these are the kinds of things that users need to be able to use their computer better, and whether it's on the web or in an office product or um, – uh, you know, even on the desktop itself. And so it was a lot of fun just to sit down and, and remember all of these great features and and find some that I had never used before. So since I um, finished school uh, before JAWS for Windows came to be to market, I never used something like Text Analyzer. Um, I had not used the skim reading tool. And so for me, attacking those two features alone was worth the um, time and investment. There was other things that I felt that um, needed to get brought to light. And some of these have actually been turned into voice assistant commands, things like um, 
marking the beginning of a place called a, a place marker, a temporary place marker, and then marking the end of it and copying and pasting um, that content. And some people say, well, you could just hold down your shift key. And you could totally do that. You could hold down your shift key and arrow down line by line. And half the time, we always ended up with an extra space or an extra missed a punctuation point or forgot a word or misread something and ended up with something extra. And so the ability to um, set a place marker at the beginning of text, then go to the end and, and set the end marker, and then that becomes selected. And then using your read selected text command and then copying it or changing the font or deleting it or whatever the purpose is that you need to do with it. That was something that, you know, I was like, wow, this is cool. It's great. It existed. It seems so simple and so needed. And then I went around to the different products that we had. So, you know, or different um, products that people use. So they use Word, they use the internet, they use other applications. And one of them was Excel. And so I tried the same feature in Excel and, and the keystrokes were broken. So we went and fixed it and added it back in. And now it works in Excel. And you think about how complex it is to select um, multiple cells in Microsoft Excel um, because you're trying to listen to the content, but the only content that's read is the first cell and the last cell. So if you're moving through and trying to select cells, it takes a lot of work. So if you could mark one, then mark the other, and then it selects everything in between. It's really powerful. And then we eventually added to the voice assistant commands with um, uh, start uh, selection and finish selection are the voice commands to be able to do the same thing. And it doesn't matter if you're in Excel, Word, the internet or whatever. It's amazing because I, I guess I'm known as a power user. So is John, Myrna, some of us who beta test. But I maintain you only know what you know. There, The JAWS key cam commands are so immense in terms of how many there are. You use what you know. And you don't know them all. I'll guarantee you I don't know all the JAWS commands, nor all the JAWS tips. And I'm fascinated when people bring some of these things to life because I'm constantly saying to myself, I didn't know you could do that. But, I, but I it, found it, one the it's other amazing. Day. Yeah, sure. I found, I, I found one the other day, and now I'm going to give a teaser. So I haven't okay. written this one up, but it's really cool. And you may know it. So I'm really interested to see if you know it. So insert Z is the command to toggle on and off. Um, the the quick nav keys and that also toggles off the virtual cursor so it does everything at once it basically puts you in pc cursor mode well the downside is maybe you still want to use the arrow keys on the website but you want to release all of the quick nav keys we have a key for that and i had no clue and it's insert control in by the way you need to be able to be a piano player to press that key so it's insert control letter in for quick nav and if you do it, it only suspends the quick nav keys, but leaves your arrow keys active on the page. And I thought that was pretty cool because there's times, let's say YouTube, I want to use K to start and stop. I want to use F to do full screen. I want to use M to mute or unmute or shift N to go forward. I can't do any of those with the quick nav keys active, but I still want to use my arrow keys to move through the page. And so just like little things like that, when you find them, they're like, I mean, to me, that was an Easter egg. Now, to you, you may have said, I knew that one. No, did I, you know that I one? did not know that one. No. Yeah, and, now, and, you, now you do. And I was, cause, so what I've been doing is I'm turning the nav keys. I'm clicking them back so that I can do what I need to do. Now I don't have to do that. I did not know that. Yep. And, Fascinating. Um, and it was, uh, and if you read the, 
the what's the um the jaws command search if you read the description of it it tells you how it's used as well which is a little bit more broad than what i just i just gave the example of because if you um open another tab it stays active that way but whereas if you open another browser it may switch off or switch applications so there's some there's some stuff to take a look at inside the um inside the help as well on that topic you actually have to you actually have to go through that whole process and just start picking stuff because usually you go in there again for what you need and then once you find out how to do what you need want to do you do it so so this it, it's it's like the jaws help system you know you never yeah, get out it, of it and and I found I found commands even in Zoom text that were hidden, and one's called the background reader, where I could basically select text, hit a command, and it just reads in the background, and I could go do whatever I want on the computer, and it continues to just read that big document. And I never knew that thing existed, and I I used Zoom text, you know, back in the '90s, and I don't know when that product or that feature came into play. But the the funny thing was I promoted the feature online. And somebody says, it's terrible, it's broken, it's it's hard to use, it's too many commands. And so I took it back to engineering and I said, this is the response I got when I wanted to promote this great feature. And and they said, well, yeah, it is complicated. And I said, well, let's fix it for the user. And they fixed it. And so there's also benefits of sharing this stuff and finding whether or not the um, the way we've implemented things are a good use for the user as well. So I, I love the promotion of a thing, not just to promote it, but also learn, you know, um, what do people like and dislike about the, the features as well. Talk about some of the JAWS tips, some of the ones that seem to be popular amongst users. So I, I think um, speech and sound schemes was, uh, was a big one for people because, and we tried to highlight that pretty um, big over the, the um, end of the spring, into the summer, trying to promote the, the use of that. Because the intent of this is to say, I don't want to hear all of that noise. And so how can I reduce the noise or the amount of time it takes to hear something? And so an example would be on a website, you don't want to hear the word heading this and heading that or link this and link that or button this and button that. And could you instead have the synthesizer change voices for those specific things or potentially pay it, play a tone? So instead of hearing heading level one, you could have a tone or heading level two. And that tone is much shorter and the voice and the tone happen at the same time. So you don't have the extra time to listen to it. Um, it's a very powerful feature. It is very, it's a little complex to create your own, but, um, and I think we need to at some point um, improve upon that. Um, this is a, this is a feature that's been around for a long time and very um, cool because it is about um, reducing the noise that we're stuck listening to as screen reader users the other the the way to bring this up is insert alt s to select a scheme and then you pick one of the schemes and there's things like web rent a crowd and that's at the bottom of the list and that one's um next to the bottom of the list i think and that one is going to be um one that changes voices you also have things like um attributes and colors um you have one called colors so if you wanted when you're reading a document and you want it to shout out the word yellow every time something is highlighted in yellow, 
um, it could do that. Um, one of the things that I thought was cool about this, this is a great example of, again, somebody teaching me something from our product. So I, I promoted the speech and sound scheme specifically around finding yellow text in a Word document because somebody, somebody had to um, constantly find yellow text, you know, where somebody um, at work was highlighting the text. And the problem is it would go um, black text on a white background and then it'd go black text on a yellow background. Then it go white text or black text on a white background. So it had to say that over and over. And then I learned after promoting that one that in the skim reading tool, I could say, go search for color. And so all of a sudden now I had this great feature in the skim reading tool to be able to, most people use the skim reading tool to, to read the first sentence or first line of a paragraph. Well, I found a way within the skim reading tool to search by color or attribute. So I could search for bold text. I could search whatever, but instead I searched for yellow. So I searched for black text on a yellow background and it gave me a list of everything that was highlighted in the document. I could, in the virtual, uh, um, I guess it's not the virtual viewer, it's the results viewer. I could press enter on the one I wanted to go to, um, make my comments to it, and then jump back into the list and choose the next one. So, you know, just by tagging some of these features, I learned a lot also from users as well. In terms of other uh, tips, are some of the some of the tips that are associated with Microsoft Word are they popular? Because we certainly have been getting a lot of, about them with regard to the training modules that have been coming out. Yeah, I um, so just so everybody knows, I did a I do a um, Power of Jaws tips list. I have a Power of Zoom Tech, Power of Fusion, and then I also did. Um, Office applications, and then I did Teams. And so um, the Office applications, a lot of them use the same um, features. So when I cover a few of these, um, they will be the same in all of them. One of them that I did, which um, I think it's it's a lost art to use some their search command in Word. So sometimes it's hard to find things in the ribbon. And rather than just tabbing through the ribbon or arrowing through the ribbon, you can just press Alt-Q and type in exactly what you want. So if you're in Word or in Excel and you want to insert a row or insert a column or insert a table, you just press Alt-Q and type in the word insert, and then you can say table, row, column, whatever. And it gives you a list of everything that it searched for and found. And so the Alt-Q command is, is hugely powerful. Another one is something called the quick access bar. And now you're starting to see the quick access bar um, show up in our own products, but you're also seeing it in uh, Windows 11, if I remember correctly. I think I saw it. I don't, it may have also been in pieces of Windows 10. I may be mistaken that. But the um, the idea here is that if you press the Alt key in an Office application, it says Home Ribbon or Home Tab or something like that. And if you are to the right, it says Insert or whatever the different ribbons are. But right above that, if you arrow up, it'll tell you. Um, Something like can undo, re, um, redo, and it's a list of quick access buttons. And I'm going to say don't use more than nine, and I'll explain that in a second. But the the cool thing is you can put nine applications up there in this ribbon or 10. Uh, no, I guess it's nine, maybe 10. You put them up in this ribbon by pressing the applications key on any of the options in Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or Office, or excuse me, Outlook. 
and any of those applications and you and it'll say add to quick access bar. You can press the applications key or shift F10 on any of the items that are already in it and say remove. And then those items then become um, alt plus the number of, of which order they are in the bar. So the first item is one, the second is two, the third is three. So an example in Word is it has save, undo, and redo. Well, those are three commands you don't need. So just remove them and add your own. Um, add the ones you use most frequently. Now, if you can't find it in the ribbon, what you can do is do Alt-Q, type in what you're looking for, arrow down to it, and then once you've highlighted it, press the Applications key or Shift-F10 and say Add to Quick Access Bar. So you don't even have to go through the complexity of the ribbon in the first place to add it. So those are some of my favorites. The, the one I did recent, um, Larry, that I love is is explaining something called um, the paste recovery table. And for any of you who've hit control V to paste something in Microsoft Word and then accidentally press the control key, um, and I think it's mostly the right control. I could be wrong, and, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if it's the left as well. All of a sudden, it pops up a menu that says, do you want to um, paste? Uh, uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to use the current formatting? Do you want to use uh, the formatting you brought over? Do you want to merge the formatting? Do you want to paste as a picture? It gives you all of these options, and it constantly gets in the way for somebody who's not used to that feature. There's a lot of good uses for that feature at the same time, but if it bothers you, you can turn it off. It's in settings. Um, and then that way it doesn't pop up every time you press the right control right after pasting. So, um, lots of those kind of tips. Um, F6 is another one that we spend a lot of time on. And with the knowledge F6 key is like one of the most powerful keys in windows that most people don't know. Um, and that takes you to different areas of a screen. So let's say you open a document in word and it's protected format or, or, um, doesn't let you use it, you can press F6 and it'll go to the bar and let you say enable. Um, you can also do um, F6 to go down to the status bar or to the menu bar. So there's lots of different ways to use F6. Now, when you get into applications like Teams or the browser, you have to add the control key to that command to be able to do it. So there's um, some slight differences when you start going into other applications like Teams or, or a browser. I think I've gotten rid of the paste recovery table when I inadvertently stumbled upon it, and I don't remember which control key it was, but I just pressed escape, I think, and it took me out of that table back to where I was. Yeah, and it's not a table. That's It's not a table? Part. Really? No, it's actually a, it's actually a, it's almost like a right click. It's a drop down menu. And so okay. it has three or four buttons on it. And then at the bottom, it says settings. Um, and so you could go into the settings right there and change or um, make changes to those settings if you wanted to. I wish I could find a JAWS tip, which would help me remember to use Alt-Q. Well, so... I guess in a way. Yeah, I mean, because I you, forget yeah. that it's there. I could, I, I'm not saying this is what I'd want to do. Okay, but here's one. You could you could try this. Okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit oh let's see. Somebody's gonna tell me I should never teach this, but there is a command in JAWS to label an element. And this right. is actually one called prompt create. And I it, 
everybody should know how to use this feature, but the way I'm going to use it right now is kind of tricky. Um, so when you press alt in word, Excel, PowerPoint, and outlook, what's the first thing you hear? Menu. It probably says home or home. Now it says home. Yeah. Yeah. It used to say yeah. menu. Right. So you could probably relabel that to say something like home. Don't forget alt Q. <laughs> I, I could <laughs> yeah, I could. Cause it's an edit field. <laughs> Well, it's it, right, sort of because you're going to get an edit yeah, field. And exactly. Can, the, so the the prompt create, which is also a great feature. Yes, it is. Insert control tab. So when you find something that's mislabeled on the internet, you can label it right there with that command. If you were not on the internet, you were somewhere in the computer, you could also, there's a separate tab for Braille settings. So you can actually label the Braille different than you do the speech if you wanted to. So it's actually kind of cool. But the reason I mentioned Alt Q is so often I'll think to myself, okay, now how do I do this? I don't want to tab in the ribbons and try and find stuff. Like I've been trying to add people to groups for a Christmas letter I'm composing. And I'm trying to get to hotkeys rather than doing all this tabbing. And Alt Q would help me in that regard. And I've got, I've, I've got it, but it just takes time. I don't want to take all that time. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to find quick, efficient ways to do things and think all of Q's, Q is quick. Yeah, yeah. Think of Q is quick. Yeah. Yeah. That, that will work. That will work. Yep. So it is a uh, 20, oh, 23 after. Yeah. I don't know how much time kiosks will take. Uh, but let's, I, let's jump into it. Do some, Cause yeah. I, Cause it, and I, and by the way, I, I'm open mic. So if people want to ask, you know, for a tip, we should just, you know, yeah. start thinking about these tips as well. Cause there's, Things that people don't know how to do, and um, if we can find ways to share it, I'm all for it. Absolutely. Um, this, is, this isn't about um, all the stuff we've created. If, if you want to get a list of these tips, I've posted a lot of them in Facebook. It's been a while since I posted a tip lately, um, but it's in the JAWS um, screen reader users group in Facebook. Additionally, I've given them to other people to share away, so if... if um, uh, they email training at vispero.com and ask for the tips. They'll send you a zip file with all the tips in it, and you can use them as you like. You can share them, whatever you want to do. No hands yet. But I remember first seeing things about the JAWS, the kiosks. The last time, I think it was the last time we were at CSUN, that, that, that memorable CSUN, when everybody wanted to just get out of there as quickly as possible because of the COVID, which was any, it was like the day or so after CSUN, everything shut down. But, but we had kiosks and a panel on kiosks and we even had demonstrations of kiosks and it was fascinating. And then you talked about it again, I think a year later and now it's here. It's not total yet, but it is in some instances here. And I think it's just fascinating. And there's so many different, um, uh, experiences that you'll get in the field if you go use a kiosk. And the first step is always carry headphones with you. I know that's weird to say with a group of blind people, um, but I'm going to say it's not just carry your Bluetooth ones because they're not going to work on a kiosk. Um, not today. And a lot of that has to do with security and wanting to loosen up uh, Bluetooth on, on kiosks. The other thing is you can't use your lightning headphones. So you got to bring something with a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. And we're used to that with ATMs. So um, if you're already carrying around some headphones, great. If you're not, you should. And when you find one of these kiosks that has it, there's most likely not only a headphone jack, but also a keypad. And the idea is that 
Um, it's not made for just the blind, but also people with physical disabilities. And if they can't use something like a touchscreen, then they need to be able to use a keypad and think of it as a left, right, up, down, and a middle key for enter, and then sometimes a help key on those. There are more complex ones that have letters and stuff like that. Not to, not full keyboards, but letters for the word help or a question mark for help and stuff like that. So there, there's lots of different, I'm going to call them input devices. In fact, if you're at the airport, you'll see some with a bar underneath the screen and those are left, right, up, down, select, things like that. But instead of being in a, in a diamond shape, it's going to be in a long bar. The user experiences you find in these are pretty broad in terms of um, the quality of a screen reader experience. Um, and I'll and I'll get to the ones with JAWS in a second, but the I'll give you an example. I went to a Home Depot and I wanted to make my own key. And I found a kiosk that you um, you know grabbed a key off the rack and they're just playing keys. And then you go through an entire kiosk system to pick a key um, uh, look and feel. So I chose a Batman key and, and imprinted Batman on it is that's what it was supposed to do. And you go all the way through, then it says insert your own key and you put your own key in and then it, you know, copies that key and then impresses that key onto the next key. And then you get to the end and they forgot to label the checkout. So I got all the way to the end and I could not pay. I could not finish the process and my key I got my key back, but I just left the other one, which I guess somebody else now has a key to my house in that uh, kiosk. But um, I could not pay for it because of the the poor user experience. You could also go to something like the U.S. Postal Service, which has stamp machines. And again, um, they have buttons on it that um, when you're on the screen, as you're moving through the screen and the elements on the screen using you, the keypad, you'll hit a button that says unlabeled button or not labeled for audio. And you're like, wait, not labeled for audio? You just spoke that much words. Couldn't you tell me what this says? It says add to cart. I mean, that would just make common sense, right? Um, but it shows that um, somebody putting this stuff together doesn't always know what they're doing in terms of the proper user experience and doesn't know how to label things. And shocker, they say it talks, so therefore it must be working. We've all heard that before. Um, so um, when we took this initiative and you saw a couple of kiosks at CSUN that year, we had one for registering for our escape room. We had another one that was a uh, buy a donut application. And I think we also had another one that was a trivia app. So you could yeah. take the JAWS trivia yeah. quiz mm-hmm. um, and Zoom text and other. And I think there was actually an eye disease lip trivia quiz that I could not answer one of them. <laughs> there was so hard. They told me, take some of those questions out. They're too hard. Um, and then um, it, it we were in the middle of developing stuff for McDonald's. And, and so, um, you know, we didn't have one of those in, in play to demonstrate at that event. But um, today you can go to a McDonald's. Not all of them have it yet. I think about a thousand have been deployed across the country. And keep in mind that there's probably like 15,000 stores. But if you walked into a McDonald's and brought your headphones and found one of these kiosks, you could plug in your headphones and, and use it with JAWS. If it doesn't talk, that's not necessarily a good thing, but you can tell the store that means that they need to do an update on the software. Maybe the hardware got there before the software did or something like that. So uh, it's not that we carry around disks anymore, but you know, you do have to image machines and things of that nature. So, but it's a lot of fun to do. And, and we, um, 
we pride ourselves um, in the the partnership. So this is you know a partnership with Freedom Scientific for making jaws, and then TPG Interactive, our sister company who does um, consulting on accessibility and web accessibility related tasks, but also does the kiosk consulting. And so the partnership with them has been great because they go um, and do the work with the customer. And so some really smart people that work for the company, go sit down and work through the user experiences. And when you move forward through the application using the right arrow key, when you land on something, what do you want JAWS to say? Um, it gives you cues on, on you know, almost like what we would back in the day consider tutor messages um, that JAWS has built in. So those tutor messages are specific to kiosks. And then um, the up and down arrow keys move you by section. And we, we relabeled um, headings to the word section because there's a lot of users who are not computer users that the word heading may be not as familiar, familiar to them as it is to us as computer users. And then the last thing we, uh, well, not the last thing, we did a lot of other stuff, but one other key that's on the device right next to the headphone jack is a, is a where am I button. So it's almost like, um, you know, an insert T in a way in JAWS, but the difference is it not just tells you the screen you're on, but if you're have stuff added to your cart, it'll tell you how much is in your cart, you know, financially, you know, your cart has $3.50 in the cart or something like that. If you double tap that key, it puts you into settings mode and you can use up and down to move volume and you can use right and left to change the speed. And then you'd press that key again, twice quickly to get out of it. And then when you unplug your headphones, it resets back to factory defaults so that the next user doesn't have the really fast screen reader or the very really quiet screen reader. Um, it's using Samantha. Um, and then it obviously has, um, I think it's one for Spanish, and then we'll add other um, languages over time as well. So it's been a fun project, and I look forward to people getting out and using it. I was, I was in Denver, Colorado, um, a week ago at the Accessing Higher Ground and went out to Aurora and found two McDonald's. One of them I knew about, the other one um, I didn't have the address of yet. And went in and used it in um, both locations. All the kiosks were working. It was very cool. We have two hands. Don't know what they want to talk about. Either the JAWS power tip or maybe the kiosks, but maybe we'll find out. Ron? Okay. It looks like Marty is first. Hey, Marty. Um, I had a quick question about JAWS hotkeys. I find myself doing Word documents a lot where I have to update a document and it has a table in it. And instead of trying to re-enter data in the table, it's easier just to scrap the whole table and and copy and paste another one. Is there a hotkey for deleting a table? I can't find that in the menus there, anywhere. Well, there is. And the um, there's a couple ways to do it. I used to do the applications key or shift F10 on the table and you would see select submenu and it was like mm-hmm. select cell or table. But if you do the same by doing alt Q and type, um, once you're inside the table, type the word select and you should see select table, select rows, column, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the way I would do it. There may be another way, um, but it's it's probably the easiest way to do it that way. Yeah, because I remember in, in I think it was Word from Office thirteen or or even seven. Uh, it was in the context menu, but I'm I'm using Office sixteen now, and it's gone. I can't find it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely use the Alt Q. This is the power of it. Um, just type the word select. 
um, and you should see it in there. Yeah, thank you for that. I just just learned that tonight, so <laughs> I'll try that. It is the power of Alt Q, and Larry's going to remember it from now on. Remember, remember <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and this uh, McDonald's kiosk thing. This is really exciting. I'm I'm happy to learn about this or another kiosk. Yeah, it's it's actually so it's fun because um, so the the use. The way the the way the workflow works is when you first plug in your headphones, it gives you a tutorial on how to use it. If you feel comfortable, you just press a key and it interrupts just like Jaws does with pressing a key, and it'll land on like a um, get started button or or make an order button, whatever the button is, mm. and then it's going to say, "Do you want to log in?" Because maybe you have a rewards account, and you could scan a barcode on your phone to do that, or you could type in a, a a code that it gives you on your phone. Oh. Once you get to the next screen, you you start seeing menus and it'll say one of 13, two of 13, three of 13. And one of them will say like sandwiches and meals. Mm-hmm. And you choose that. And then the focus moves to what they call a filter. And so it starts with all, and then it'll say beef filter, chicken filter, fish, pork. And if you choose one of those, then it shortens the menu from 46 sandwiches as an example down to whatever numbers in that those smaller categories. And then, so if it was beef, it may be 15 sandwiches and it takes you to the first one. It'll say Big Mac, um, uh, uh, $5, uh, 500 calories. And then if you press the, it'll say, do you press the middle key to activate? Um, and it'll say one of 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It's kind of cool because you'll find stuff on the menu that you didn't know existed because we're so used to going into restaurants and ordering what we know or what our spouses or friends are willing to tell us is on the menu. And so you'll hear things like Little Big Mac or Little Mac. I think it was called. It can't be called Little Big Mac. It was called Little Mac. I'm like, whoa, there's a Little Mac on the mar- on the menu? Never knew that one. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's great. The craziness is when you start getting into drinks, I'm going to warn everybody, Hmm. there may be 65 different drink types. There's nine categories of drinks. Okay. (laughs) And from, you know, cold coffees to hot coffees, to teas and juices, to waters, to milks or whatever. And it's insane. In fact, if you choose sodas, the first one is like a frozen Coke. And so it just tells you there's a lot of options out there that we didn't even know existed. Is there a way or a website a person could go to, to like practice something like this before you go in the store and you're standing there fiddling and fumbling through everything? Ah, don't worry about it. They, they love you to fiddle around. You'll find all kinds of stuff and your order will be like really big. It's good. Just do it. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I'm sure. You think- could down you could download the app, but you won't get, ex- you won't get the familiarity with the kiosk. The kiosk is very, kiosk ish but um it's not hard it's just right arrow to move forward left arrow to move backwards middle key to select um and then if you want to check out you hit the down arrow until you get to the checkout button but if you're like me when i go to a website for the first time i gotta you gotta feel around yeah yeah you explore (laughs) and i so i'll tell you this the first time somebody ordered on it when we did the practice run it took him about five minutes the next time he wanted to order it took him um two minutes Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you get familiar with the use case and how it works, it's no big deal. It's just go play, have fun. Cool. All right. Sounds fun. Thank you, Marty. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Okay. Uh, Scott is next. 
Uh, just so I understand, when you walk up to one of these kiosks that has Jaws on it, and, it, and assuming everything's working right, no matter where it is, McDonald's or wherever, you uh, all you have to do to get to get Jaws talking is to is to plug in the uh, plug in your earphones. There is no keystroke or anything to start Jaws. Exactly. Yeah. So just, just plug in the headphones. Whenever there's a, it, yep. it just detects whenever there is a, a headphone, you know, earphone plugged in, and you and it and yep. Jaws starts. Yep. And if you wanted to, you could also after you put in the headphones. I've told you to use the keypad, right? You could also do those same gestures on the screen because it's a touch screen. So the right, a right swipe would be go forward. A left swipe would go backwards. A down swipe goes to the, to the next section of the screen and the up swipe goes to the previous section. So, and then double tap with one finger to actually select something. It's pretty similar to a, smartphone tablet exactly that's we and i would tell you that i'll be honest with you our touch screen um swipe gestures on on jaws in the main product is not as simple as what we made it we made this just like what you use on an iphone because that makes common sense right all right okay uh, carla is next I have uh, a question. It's sort of off topic. If you don't want to take it, I understand. But, and I don't even know if it's it's something Jaws can help me with. But just in the last few weeks, I attend church online, and we run our services. They 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 um, stream them on Facebook. And it used to be that I I'm not a member of Facebook, but I could skirt past because our church page lets you on whether you're a member or not. So I could skirt by log in and go down to the center, you know, church page, and then go to live and, you know, um, you know, enter on live and go down to the button. It would say now, you know, now um, live, you know what I mean? And, and you, and there would be a button and it would unmute and it would play. And now it doesn't do that. When you get below that heading, it says, sorry, we cannot play this video. And nobody else that's using Facebook say they're having trouble, but I can't listen to my services anymore unless, well, I I don't know. Sometimes I can listen to them on demand later, but I was wondering if there was any reason why, um, you know what I mean, this is happening or anything that JAWS could do to help me, or I don't know, maybe this is out of range for a question. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's out of range. I mean, one of the most complex things about applications, and I'm not saying Facebook's guilty here because it's hard, okay? But Facebook, Amazon, whatever websites you go to are updating regularly. And so it's possible that they change the terms that you were looking for, and maybe it has to be found you know, in a different way. And um, or possibly that element's not labeled correctly, and it's hard to say. Um, one easy way to do this is to get a friend who also is using JAWS and have them, you know, tandem with you to see if they can figure it out because maybe it's just, you need a, you know, sometimes we just need a little guidance. You could also use IRA. If you're not familiar with that, you can contact them and see if they can help you figure out how to, to locate that on the screen. This, yeah, this happened to me all the time, especially during the pandemic when I was watching online and they would constantly change the label on the page whenever they updated it. So what I saw and got familiar with two weeks ago was drastically different. And that's what I had to actually just scroll through the whole page and I would 
click on things that I thought, that doesn't make any sense. That shouldn't work. And it did. And it's and, and sometimes that just takes a while and you get very frustrated. But what Matt is saying is very true. And and doing it with Ira or doing it with a friend is probably a good thing because it can be very frustrating. And then they'll change that again. Yeah, and it's it's hard because um, you know, and shopping websites are the same. You get mm-hmm. used to a certain pattern, and then they're not there anymore. And I, an example was like like for a long time, I used um, the actual place markers feature of Jaws to label buttons um, to mark them as place markers, and I told it to anchor on the text on the screen. And then they changed the words from like um, start conversation to what's on your mind, Matt, and I'm like come on, can we just keep it the same so I could always use the same yeah, commands? Sure. And I had to go back and, and recreate my place markers because of it. So um, it's there. there is a great feature in JAWS. This is a tip of, of one of my favorites is, is um, most people use the JAWS find command, but I actually like the word list command and it's insert control W and it gives you a list of all words on the page. So if you know what word you're looking for and you hit the first couple letters of it, it jumps to it and it'll tell you how many times that word's on the page. You press enter on it and it goes to the first instance of the word. And then from then on, you don't have to hit that key again. You can hit the letter W to next to the next time that word appears on the page and it'll wrap through them. And then you'll find the word you're looking for. So if live is the word you're looking for on that page, you may want to search and see if it doesn't appear somewhere else. What's what has changed is right under the live, um, you know, it used to have a, some buttons and you'd go down and if you hit unmute, it would start playing. Now it doesn't have those buttons anymore. It just goes into the, you know, past videos. It doesn't seem it, that button seems to have disappeared. So I. So I there is. Yeah. The, you when you if you're saving that page, it's possible you need to clear and, and this is something you'll have to get some help with. Um, there's a method for what they call clear your history or clear your cache. And so you may want to do that on that page because mm-hmm. it may be, you know, saving some other place of that page. And maybe you have to go back there and find a different version of the page. Oh, so, okay. yeah, I would, I would definitely have Iris see if they can help you. If you have access to that as a free service for the first five minutes. Um, and they should be able to help you find that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much. Not a problem. Okay, next is David. Hello. Um, You might have mentioned this already, but is there a website that people can go to to find out which McDonald's have the kiosks? There's a part of me that doesn't want to know the answer because I've been a very good boy recently and stayed away from the French fries, but I'll ask the question anyways. No, No, there's not. Um, So the ones that will get it first are the the two – the two types of McDonald's that get it first is the um, uh, franchise restaurants will get it first. Excuse me, not the franchise. The owned stores will get it first. And then any of the franchisees that are getting new kiosks um, for the first time will get it. And then everybody else has the option to retrofit their existing ones. So think of the initial ones will be all the owned stores. And what, where are you located? What, what part of the uh, country? Bo- Bo- uh, Boston area. Yeah, I I don't know if there's any in Boston yet. Um, I do know they're around the area as well, though. But at this time, there's not a website that lists them. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's the end of the hands. 
Well, those were easy questions, Larry. I thought you guys were going to th- okay. throw Jeannie me some came hard up, ones. Though. Oh, Jenny's going to come bring the hard question. Gene Mann. Yes. yes. Now, is there a uh, McDonald's with a kiosk in Cleveland, Ohio? Do you know? I know they're all over Ohio. I do not know if Cleveland is one of them, um, but I've seen a map where there's a lot in Ohio so far. So um, uh, you can always email training at Vespero and we can see if we can find the, the those who are on here and they want to go play with one, they can email us and we can see if we can find an address that's near you. Okay, thank you. I know that I, I was going to go to one last week because I think you and Eric sent me to one that's maybe 15 minutes from our house. And I didn't because I got sick. I had the flu. Uh, and John's working, so it's tough for him to get away during the day. But my plan, since I'm retired, is to go. Uh, and I want to see how this all plays out. And it's, uh, as I said, about 10, 15 minutes away. So I will do that and report back to somebody. So That'd I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay, Agnes has her hand up now. Hi. Do you know if there's a kiosk in Greeley, Colorado? So I was. How far is that's not in outside of Denver? No, is it? no, 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 no. Uh, it's okay, you're on the other Col- end. It's in yeah. northern Colorado, near yeah, I, in the area of Loveland, Fort Collins, places like that. Yeah, I thought I saw Loveland on the list, but I'm not sure. So. Again, the easy way, I mean, I was, like I said, I was just there and I went to a couple in Aurora, which are far mm-hmm. away from you. Um, but uh, they're, they're all over Colorado at this point. So definitely, you know, email mm-hmm. training and we can, we can plug it in and see what we can find. Yeah. Um, I can tell you one thing I wish you all had a tip for, and probably others do too, is when we're dealing with Zoom and the got it button. Um, I don't know why, but especially when I do webinars, even your webinars, I can't, I have a hard time finding it. And a lot of times I don't, I did, I do everything that, you know, was suggested. And like last week I went on the one on the community webinar and I could never find it. When it drops you in zoom, if you shift tab once or twice, you generally land on the got it button. And that's what. I did. So I don't yeah. know, maybe it's not dropping me right or something. It may not be, but it, it, it happens to me without fail. I so I, I'll say it. this. I think, I think sometimes we, um, and I'm not saying this happens to you, but sometimes we may go try to do something else while we're waiting for the zoom to open. And maybe that window's not right in focus, which is part of the challenge. So definitely try to stay like when you choose to launch a meeting and I'm not saying you did this, but just stay um, waiting for that to load. And then like um, today when I started the Zoom meetings and joined this one, um, it did give me that warning. And I was like, like Larry said, I just had to shift tab twice and or something like that. And I chose got it. And that's what I usually do. I, I just sit there and let it load. And so I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, it's possible you may want to also update your Zoom just in case there was a change um, that some of us got. Um, so I there see. is an option inside Zoom to update. Can you do that if you don't have a Zoom account? Yeah, because you have the Zoom software on your computer anyway. Yeah, so you just right. go in there and there's an update button somewhere in there. Uh, somewhere. So I just go into Zoom? Yep. Yep. Okay. And again, probably a good thing for, you know, Ira or Be My Eyes to walk you through to help you do an update on that. I don't have one of those, so I'll have to wait till I can find somebody. Yeah, to tandem in or something like that with JAWS or 
that would help too. Updates usually happen usually once a week, Monday, Tuesday in that area somewhere. By the way, John wanted me to ask you if you would plug what you're doing tomorrow on Sharky at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific in Clubhouse. Yeah, so we, we named it Ask Sharky, and I, I, I guess we did it somewhat just kind of in joking when we started doing the stuff on Clubhouse back in the spring. And for those of you who don't follow it, come join us. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, Clubhouse is open to everybody now. And um, if you search JAWS software F slash T, and why do we do F slash T? Blind Club is because F slash T is for the, and we could not type that many characters back when the rooms could be so many characters. I don't know what they are today. Um, And so it's JAWS software F slash T blind. And there's a club there and you can follow the club. And, and one of the topics tomorrow is called Ask Sharky. And that's the way all of mine begin is asked. It's hashtag Ask Sharky um, Jaws. And it's called um, and inline frames. And so there's websites that may have advertising and other things that are buried in what they call frames. And the hotkey to move from frame to frame on a web page is the letter M. And basically, I'm going to teach you how to hide those inline frames using JAWS, and then um, those would no longer be spoken. Now, there's a um, next week, I'll probably do one on something called Web um, Flexible Web, which is way more complex. And the reason I'll go to that one is sometimes people are using other techniques to hide, um, to put advertising on the screen. And I'll show you how to hide them even more advanced ways next week. So this week's pretty simple but a lot of fun because there's a lot of websites that have inline frames. And if you can hide those, it makes it a little easier. And then on Wednesday, I'm not sure exactly what time she's running it, but Rachel has one called the beginner's corner and it's, Hey, let's talk about what we're thankful for inside the jaws software. So it's a kind of an open mic fun time. And then next week on is it next week or that we get, yes, next week on the second um, we have open line and open line will be on zoom clubhouse it'll be live streamed on youtube and live streamed on facebook so open line is kind of a um where you can chat with glenn myself eric and rachel and it's a lot of fun we, we enjoy that time it's amazing uh i don't know that any other screen reader does this to the degree that vispero does but i mean you you can learn about things that vispero is doing through fscast through open line through clubhouse uh, ACB uh, Media Network, we do something on, it's called the Vespero Training every, Series yeah. every Thursday. Every Thursday. Except for yeah. this one because Thursday is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, but, and there's also a ton of stuff online. Tutorials, yeah. videos. I mean, it's amazing what you, I'm trying to figure out something that you haven't done. You know, it's, so, ama- it's terrific. Yeah, because there's, if you haven't signed up for blogs, I would do that. It's blog.freedomscientific.com. And there's a blog a week or every other week, and it talks about, you know, some feature or some event we're having. Um, and you can always opt in or opt out of those. Um, we added podcasts about a year ago. Um, and those aren't FS casts, but these are just traditional training podcasts. So if you go to Freedom Scientific Training Podcasts, and the way to search for that is you can do that on um, any of your smart devices. You can say, um, I think you guys like to say a lady. There's also Google, there's other smart devices or even Siri. And you can ask those devices to play the Freedom Scientific Training Podcast. And so we're also moving those um, clubhouse events as a recording onto the podcast. So 
you'll find some of those as short recordings. It's not the entire hour. We stop um, recording by the time we open the mic up because we don't want to record people with their questions. But you can definitely listen into some of those sessions as well. The uh, webinars are huge. Uh, the content on Clubhouse has been great. Uh, the YouTube videos, there's tons of those. So you can search those as well. I did a bunch. I know other people have done. And you can even find us on TikTok. So um, I did name that keystroke on TikTok. And I hope you get out there and try to name the keystroke I challenge you with. If you don't know it, I don't know it. Just kidding. Um, so yeah, there, we're all over the place with this stuff. And the, the intent is not um, selling something. The, the intent is to help people. And so we just want our content available to people however they want to consume it. So if you're a consumer of something on Facebook, then you'll get the tips that we post there. If you, um, uh, I jump in there, others jump in there and answer questions. We actually have some of our developers on the Facebook groups um, answering questions as well. Um, if you jump in on the FS cast, you'll, you'll hear Glenn and others talk. And in fact, that's a place to submit your power tips so if there's a tip that you want to share, submit it to FSCast. And if you get selected that month and they play your um, tip, then what happens is you um, get a free year on your license. So it's a fun way to kind of get involved and, and, and help people in any way we can. In the couple of minutes we have left, uh, if people want to get a hold of you or ask you a question or maybe even ask about a JAWS tip and wonder maybe that you could actually get back to them uh, how could they do that so uh, the easy way is um, I'll give you a couple of email addresses the easiest one is training at vispero.com that's not my address um, but they can find me anywhere um, my address is mater like the car from cars m-a-t-e-r at vispero.com and vispero is v-i-s-p-e-r-o.com if you like to talk type out long email addresses. You can always still use Freedom Scientific. Um, I always um, do a typo when I do that one. So I like the Vespero.com. I do miss the HJ.com. It was such an easy <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was short, address. quick. Yeah, It was a shame. Yeah. We should have just kept that address around forever. But uh, <laughs> that's the easy way is to hit me up on there on the uh, email address. Excellent. It's been a great hour. Thanks, Matt. We uh, covered both subjects and if you want to know more i would if you come to csun even though it's a few months away i i would assume you'll be doing more things on kiosks and what's new with jaws and jaws tips etc it's a it's a terrific week and uh, that's yeah we'll have and we'll have um we'll actually have a kiosk also at atia and oh, orlando good. okay um so we'll have some folks there as well and um I, I'm yeah, I mean, we'd love to have you guys visit us at CSUN, but you know, just keep watching this stuff. And then one thing I'll mention is I, I mentioned the blog.freedomscientific.com, but you can also go to tpgi.com. And that's the sister company. And if you look at the blog section, there's an entire section on kiosks and explains what we're doing from a consulting point of view. But it explains like all the use cases for a kiosk or how the input devices work or you know, some of the ways, the goods and bads of kiosks. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, and I think, see, next, um, in a couple of weeks, we're doing a webinar on kiosks. I think it's on the 9th. Um, and that's on tpgi.com. Um, next week, you'll find me on the second, uh, yeah, on the second, doing um, an event for uh, an organization called Site Tech Global. 
And so I'll be doing a presentation on there. It's a new feature called JAWS Connect. And so most of you don't know what that is, and I'm not going to tell you because I'll tell you on the second. So that's called JAWS Connect, and that'll be at Site Tech Global on um, next uh, week from this Thursday. A lot of us are already registered for that because it was terrific last year. So I'm looking forward to that as well next year. Matt, thanks for a terrific hour. Thank you, Larry. Enjoyed it. And next week on Tech Talk, uh, do you want to quickly unmute, Myrna? Uh, We have Stocking Stuffers Part 3 coming up, and I know Denise Russell is coming. And we have someone else who's not necessarily a a tech person, but a fascinating half hour will be had by all if you tune in. Are you with us? uh, Um, I'm with you. Okay. Okay, tell us. So, So next week, we decided to do a little bit different. By popular demand, everybody wants Denise Russell from Speak to Me, so she's coming back. And then we're having something a little bit different, a gal named Dawn Brush. And Dawn does Pampered Chef, and Pampered Chef are products for the kitchen. Um, and we thought we'd stray a little bit away from actual tech tech kind of things, because those things, the kitchen things, are another thing that you might want to give to people for Christmas or actually get them yourself. So Dawn... Um, has I guess parties and stuff, but um, that she does. So she's going to come. So it's going to be the two D's, Denise and Don. Terrific! I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. And that's next week, eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific. It's Tech Talk Stocking Stuffers Part Three. Thanks everybody for being with us, and join us next week on Tech Talk. <laughs>